Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Okay, so welcome back to Let the Rest Burn. This is the second half of my story. I wanted to give you all a pause, even if you're listening to it back to back, because there is a very specific split here for me. There is life before this moment and life after this moment. This is a light bulb moment for me. This is as if a light switch inside of me shifted and I reached a threshold that there was no turning back on. So for those of you that are wondering whether or not you should leave or if it's the right time or what happened, this is what happened to me. And I encourage you to think about your threshold and what that actually is. Okay, so we were in our big, beautiful house. Our children were in the best circumstances. I was in a position I've wanted to be in my whole life. Next to neighbors that I imagined having lifelong friends with. Um, I imagine us going on camping trips together and having book club and connecting and laughing and watching our children grow up. It was magical for me. And I was happier than I think I have ever been in that area. But Mike and I were still so disconnected. This showed up mostly behind the scenes, like when we were alone together, the affection and intimacy was forced, if not cold. I struggled to romantically connect with him. I had been in therapy at this point for over a year, and my therapist and I continued to talk about my concerns that we were so distant. My attempts to reconnect had not happened at the time. He was very, very cold and distant. And I felt like our marriage was slipping away. I'd finally reached a point where I started to see that this could be the point of no return. And I'd asked Mike to go to couples therapy. We just couldn't make it a priority. Mike was reluctant to go to therapy at the time and I was reluctant to again, put my foot down and set a real boundary. There was this moment with our neighbors where we were having drinks by the fire outside on their porch and Mike had had a few and he and I just were so mean to one another in front of this couple. The looks on their faces shifted something inside of me in that moment. The way he spoke to me, the way I spoke to him, the way we felt about one another, it was contempt. And I could see that they saw it. I remember hitting the floor that night, 
sobbing uncontrollably. He had stayed back over there to finish one last drink with our neighbor, and I was sobbing. I knew, I knew it was over. I knew at that moment that I couldn't take another step forward with this man. And I started to shut down. When you reach this point, sometimes shock takes over your nervous system so you can do hard things without feeling the gut-wrenching pain and fear that come with them. I went cold. A light switch went off inside me. I was done. I, a line had been crossed for me probably multiple times, but this time I felt different. I felt different. I couldn't go forward. And Mike felt it. He did. He called me, I think a day or two later and said, something is different. What is going on? And I told him I was done. I was done. The tough part about that moment, the moment where you say to the person, I can't do this anymore. I I need to be done. It's shocking for them. It's shocking for you. But it's super messy. Mike didn't move out right away. We actually got into therapy to start talking about things. Um, I wasn't as clear as I wish I would have been. I was done, but I couldn't really hold that line with Mike as well as I wanted to. I kind of left the door open a little bit to just say, well, let's take some space. Let's work on things. But I didn't mean it. I unfortunately had gone on too long. My heart was shattered. I felt betrayed. I felt abandoned. I was done. I was really, truly done. And the therapist figured that out pretty quick and moved Mike into uh, independent therapy and ended up supporting him quite a bit. And Mike moved out uh, that fall. My son at the time was 18 months old. My daughter was four and it was gut-wrenching. Not being able to see them every day was probably the most traumatic piece of this for me. And there's a lot of pieces to that story that I won't go into here because it's their story, but they struggled. My son wanted me in the middle of the night and I wasn't there half the time. And they were in a new house with their dad. It was very confusing. They wanted to be in the cul-de-sac with all of their new friends. They had just moved and established new friendships. And now here they are half the time across the city with their dad. It was brutal. Mike and I both dated during our separation. Uh, which was not the greatest choice (laughs) for both of us. Um, It's typical for those of you that have done it. You understand sometimes you jump into something else to help soothe the pain, but it ended up complicating things and making our relationship very, very difficult. Our co-parenting relationship struggled because of that. And we weren't honest with each other. There was plenty of lying that happened on both sides and It just corrupted a lot of what we were trying to work through. Because here we are again, trying to rush the divorce process. I filed in October of 2019, and we started moving towards that finish line. But something strange happened after I filed for divorce. It was like a glimmer of light opened in my heart 
like a question mark. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Mike had gotten sober during the time that we were separated. He was working very hard on himself. He was actively getting healthier. And seeing him change so much and show up as a dad in a way I had not seen him yet do changed something within me. I stopped seeing the person I was seeing and I asked him to try again. Mike jumped at the opportunity and we moved everybody back into the house for the holidays. Unfortunately, about two weeks after he moved back in, I discovered more information about some of the instances that had happened previous to our separation and it my trust for him completely disintegrated. I was angry, I was hurt, and I couldn't forgive this one. And so we tried couples therapy. We did everything we could to put it back together, but we were so angry at each other. We were so mad and hurt by what had happened that the little progress we would make would be altered by our arguments we'd have. And Charlotte was old enough at this point that she could say, like, I don't want you guys to argue. She was very honest about what she saw and felt. That's, that's something I love about my daughter. And it was hard to hear. But she was very honest about how she didn't like the way we treated each other. Then, of course, in March of 2020, the world stopped and everything shut down. Mike leaned back towards his addiction. I leaned back towards my work and we repeated the same patterns. I overcommitted to my work and shut everything out and he committed to escaping. He never stopped showing up as a dad. That is something that from that moment in 2019 on, he shifted. He was an incredible, he is an incredible father. But personally, in his personal life, you know, there was still a lot of work to be done. And I think for me as well, I had avoided healing some of those wounds that had been created earlier on and just thought I could patchwork it over. So we struggled quite a bit during the pandemic, as I'm sure many of you can relate. We weren't able to connect and we fought and all the stress of everything just piled it on into a pressure cooker. But neither of us wanted to leave the dream that we had created in this house with these neighbors. We didn't want to let it all go. We were clinging to this past that we imagined was going to save us from our pain. So we ended up renting a two-bedroom apartment nearby and doing what's called bird nesting. So bird nesting, for those of you that don't know, is where the children stay in the primary home and the adults switch off. I honestly think it was one of the best things we could have possibly done for the kids. I do not regret it at all. The kids were young. They'd been through enough upheaval. And I just, I didn't want to add to that. My daughter was starting kindergarten in a very strange time. I wanted her near the school, near her friends. And so we traded off at the house. And it was really tough. It was really tough. But I 
think it was one of the only ways we could have done it. We were still very hurt and upset by one another. And every time he was dating or I was dating, it made it worse. I think that's something that I want all of you to know if you're navigating this, if you can hold off on dating, it really does help the process go smoother with your co-parent. It is something that just triggers people no matter where you're at in the process. So just really give yourself the time you need to recover individually. Neither of us did that. You know, we we started to really try and fill those voids with old patterns. And it was tough. The neighbors didn't get it either, right? They started to drift away. We lost friends. We lost connections because people just don't understand. And when they start to see you struggle, um, sometimes they run for the hills. <laughs> they don't want to be part of it. They don't want to be around it. They don't want to face it within their own lives. And so we became kind of increasingly isolated. Then this beautiful thing happened. I met Samantha Wells. She is one of the firsties. And she introduced me to Jess, Emily, Lauren, and we all came together and started to support one another through this very intense journey of navigating divorce. Something about having that support, finding the right therapist, because at this time, you know, I had developed my relationship with my therapist quite deeply, shifted some things within me. I started to do my work. I started to stop running from the same patterns. I did so much work on myself in my 20s that I thought I had reached a place where I was done. Ha, ha, ha. That's hilarious, right? But (laughs) this work was deep. This was attachment work. This is where I needed to stop enabling, set boundaries, pick myself, and do the things that needed to be done. And this is where we struggled with each other. Mike and I are very nice to one another. We love each other, but we don't set boundaries at all well. And it's bad because it builds resentment on both sides. So having those women in my life really shifted the way that I treated myself. And I started to ask for things to be different. I started to really see that if Mike and I were going to move on, we would, we would have to sell the house. We would have to sell the house and move forward. And it was such a tough decision. I don't, I don't think I wanted to face the grief and the pain of divorce. And I just did everything I could to make it as easy on everybody. But I struggled because I, I can't start my life again. I can't choose myself if I'm living in an apartment half the time and living in a house half the time and doing family events all the time. And Mike, Mike and I spent most weekends together. Uh, and we, we did not have a solid line between us. It would kind of blur between relationship, family. We'd play house quite a bit. It was just really unhealthy and confusing for the kids as well. So in April of 2021, We decided to sell the house. We listed it, went through the whole process, and I prepared to move out of this dream home. It was, I think, one of the most painful times in the divorce for me. To have to tell my children that we were moving, my daughter in particular, 
to recognize that my dreams were crumbling all around me. I mean, I had to burn everything to the ground. We sold our home for a great price, split the profits, and I was able to put, I was able to purchase a townhouse that was being built. But I had to live with my parents for a short amount of time in order to get into the townhouse. That short amount of time turned into six months. (laughs) So six months living back with my parents, finally having some of the distance between Mike and I that we really needed, the kids trading off from my parents' house to his newly rented home. It was not a great time. It was really, really, really hard. I love my parents very much. But we have our differences, and the way I live my life is a little different than the way they live their lives. So it was difficult for me to face anything. I, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be in my own place. I wanted to be back in my house. It was a lot of emotional upheaval. And I'm, I'm talking wave after wave of pain and sadness and anger. And it just felt never-ending. Being in the darkness can feel never-ending. But it does end. You do breathe again. You do recover. And in December of 2021, I moved into my own townhouse and I started again. It is now May 2022. And Mike and I are finally in a place where we know what this is. We know what we need to do individually to move forward. But it's still so hard. You know, it's been three very challenging years of back and forth and up and down and inside and out and not really having a clear idea of what either of us wanted. But I know now that I choose me. I choose me first and I have to be the one who sets the expectations for my life, for my relationship, for my future. And that bar is high. I'll be honest with you, it's high. To be in my life, to be my partner, you need to do your work. You need to be emotionally intelligent. You need to know yourself inside out and have the confidence to show me. You need to be able to hold space for someone who holds space. You need to have lived a life. And I'm not willing to drop that bar down. If Mike ever reaches that bar, I I may reconsider a relationship with him. If someone walks into my life and becomes the person or is the person that I have wanted, I will be nothing but excited and grateful. But for now, I have to hold the space for me. And I think this is the most challenging piece around my own inner growth, is not finding a space holder, not finding a person to fit into this puzzle piece because it feels better than being alone. This is where I fully embrace being alone. Dating is okay, right? I mean, it's part of the process, but really... Prioritizing my time is so important and never, ever, ever betraying myself in the way that I did. Mike and I have learned a lot through this process. 
But what I want you to hear in this story is that divorce is messy. There are lots of patterns that come up in marriage and in divorce. And if you do not do your personal work, if you do not dive into the depths of your soul and find your truth, it will come out in your relationship. So this is my invitation to dive into your shadow, to make friends with the parts of yourself that you're the most scared of, and to walk out hand in hand, ready to face the world, to not betray yourself for another person, and to believe in the possibility of full, true love for yourself, for another I don't know where this story will end. I don't know what will happen. But I do know that we're finally on the path to heal ourselves, to heal our family, and to create a new future. To give both Mike and I the opportunity to be loved the way we deserve to be loved. And to ask this life for its full self. So I'm prepared. I'm prepared to burn more if I need to, y'all. And I look forward to sharing this story five years from now and hopefully having a very different narrative, being in a different place. But for now, I go it alone. To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. Oscar Wilde something to keep in mind as you think about your path forward. What kind of romance are you having with yourself? What kind of relationship do you have with you? Because that's where we have to start. Thank you again. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information, like and subscribe, and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.